Welcome to the Black Sparrow Media Internet Broadcast Network. You are listening to Linux in the Hampshire. LHS is a podcast about Linux, open source, and amateur radio for everyone. Now here are your hosts, Russ, K5TUX, Cheryl, W5MOO, and Bill, NE4RD. Well, hello everybody and welcome. You have tuned in to episode number 317 of the most terrific amateur radio podcast on the internet. And this is our short topic episode, which will be the second to last, i.e. the penultimate episode of 2019. So we thank everybody for tuning in and listening to us. And uh, we hope you'll stick around and listen to the round table. And uh, it should be fun. It was fun last year, and I'm pretty sure it'll be fun again. Of course. So with that, I'm going to introduce myself. I'm Russ, K5TUX. I'm Cheryl, W5MOO. And Bill is being a little twit today. He is <laughs> he's practicing to be in another play. <sighs> but anyway, any 4RD will be back later, perhaps, depending on how practice goes. And with any luck, he'll be back to record the roundtable. So hopefully we'll hear him then. And if not... Oh, well, too bad, Bill. You, you've chosen your way in life. And <laughs> nice. Yeah. So anyway, let's just go ahead and get on with it, our short topics episode. And the first thing we have is our lead topic tonight. And I just threw this in here because when you get down to the end of the year, people like to talk about top 10 lists and wrap-up type topics. So this is the top 10 hottest open source technologies and tools of 2019. And this is based on CRN, which I didn't even bother to look up what CRN is. Consumer, yeah, I don't know what the hell. You can, you can look up what CRN is as well. Sure, I'll do that for you. <laughs> okay, thank you. Um, so I'm just going to run down through this list. I don't even know what half of these things are, but they're all open source. So at least they're quasi-relevant. Um, so this is what CRN says are the top 10 hottest open source technologies and tools of 2019. Uh, feel free to agree or disagree at your leisure. The first is Airship, an open technology for automating and provisioning cloud infrastructure, which sounds great if you're into that sort of thing. Uh, the AWS, which is Amazon Web Services Cloud Development Kit, for boosting developer productivity by modeling and provisioning cloud applications and resources using familiar programming languages. Seeing a lot of cloud stuff here. Container D, attempting to establish an industry standard runtime for containers. Good luck with that. EdgeX Foundry, a vendor neutral open source platform to support edge computing. Wow, this is like a list of buzzwords. Uh, Influx DB 2.0, a powerful solution for developers trying to solve time series data challenges. If that's you, then you know who you are. Jaeger, a popular tool to, well, I know what I use Jaeger for, and it's not this. A popular tool to ease distributed transaction monitoring, performance, and latency optimization, root cause analysis, and service dependency analysis. There's Knative, 
an open source serverless framework for event-driven applications, freeing developers to focus on writing code while ignoring the complexities of serverless infrastructure. I've never been bothered by the complexity of serverless infrastructure. Maybe that will happen to me someday. Then there's the Open Enclave SDK, a unified enclave abstraction that helps developers leverage trusted execution environments to better safeguard code and data. Oh, I'm going to be buried under buzzwords. Prometheus, a go-to tool for monitoring and instrumenting containers and the applications they enable to be built with microservices architectures. And Weave Ignite, an open source virtual machine with a container UX and built-in GitOps management. Wow. That was like acronym and buzzwords aplenty. Uh, so did you figure out what CRN is? Yes, it is the top technology news and information source for solution providers, IT channel partners, and value-added resellers. It first launched as Computer Retail Week in 1982. So it's like Computer Retail News? Is that what's here? Probably, yeah. yeah. Okay, great. So there's a lot of stuff that's probably not going to affect anybody, but those are open source applications that are supposedly popular in 2019. And uh, I know at least two of those had something to do with Kubernetes, which is like the biggest thing ever or something. I don't know. So if you know what Kubernetes is, you know, then some of those things might be relevant to you. So let's move on to some real stuff like amateur radio. Amateur radio is a real thing. We do that from time to time, or I do. I can't get you to turn the radio on in the car. Whatever. Don't say whatever. You know it's true. Sometimes I turn it on. Do you use it? Mm, rarely. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah. So why don't you do this first one then, since it's a quick flash topic. Okay. And it's relevant to the season of the year that we're in. It is. So anyway, our flash topic is Christmas is coming. Talk to Santa on the air. It happens every year. Amateur radio operators around the United States activate the Santa net every night through Christmas Eve. Pete Thompson said Christmas time is a very special time for our nets every year. Uh, he's otherwise known as KE5GGY, and he's out of Denton, Texas, and is the lead operator of the Santa net. In our first year, we connected 10 kids to Santa on ham radio, and it's grown steadily since. For 2019, we're expecting over 700 children to participate. Several hams in the southern Utah area have expressed a willingness to assist children in Dixie to talk directly to Santa Claus if their parents or siblings are not licensed. For those parents or others lucky enough to have an amateur radio license and equipment, Santa can be found on 3.196 MHz beginning at 6.30 p.m., mountain time okay um, christmas eve i believe up to christmas eve <clears throat> every so day up to ever oh, but when does this start oh it's already going we were listening to it earlier i was streaming it okay via well, sdr so it says beginning oh it's 6 30 every night is that yes, it every gotcha, night. gotcha 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 and you said 3196 and so oh, sorry 3.916 sorry no that's fine it's just that's kind of important because if you're looking yeah. for it on 3196 first of all that's out of band right Sorry. <laughs> dyslexia uh, kicked in what can apparently I say? So. so yeah i didn't know you were dyslexic yeah i didn't either until just now, <laughs> until just now right <laughs> and the reason there was mention of utah in there is because this came from the southern utah now journal online or something um but you can go to cqsanta.com i believe it is and sign up to get a call from Santa on 3916. They only had five contacts today uh, because 80 meters was being kind of a douche. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, you know, get on there, get your kids, let them talk to Santa on the air. Uh, next, we have Ofcom proposals, including tw 24 gigahertz railway radar. 
Uh, Ofcom has published proposals for new regulations regarding the use of certain short-range wireless devices, including 5-watt railway-level crossing radar sensor systems, RLCRSS, in the 24.1 to 24.35 gigahertz band. Short-range devices include baby monitors, keyless entry cards, alarms, and some Wi-Fi systems, which will rely on spectrum. Where we, I don't know who we is, probably Ofcom, are consulting on making new regulations regarding the frequencies and technical requirements for use from devices in the 874, 876, and 915 and 921 megahertz spectrum bands. This implements a European Commission decision to harmonize these bands for short-range devices. Ofcom are also consulting on revoking an existing license application for railway-level crossing radar sensor systems. These systems are used by network rail to monitor railway intersections and detect obstacles that may cause damage to moving trains. Ofcom are proposing to introduce a national license for these systems, which will allow them to be used in more locations across the rail network. Ofcom welcomes responses to this consultation by January 17th, 2020, a link to the Southgate ARC. They actually link to the other thing, which we will link to both. So if you actually are in the UK or one, whatever and want to comment on the Ofcom proposals, you can certainly do that. All right, so also in our amateur radio segment tonight, we have Aztec Sat-1 CubeSat to demonstrate intra-satellite communication. The Aztec-1 CubeSat, which traveled to the ISS last weekend on the 19th SpaceX Commercial Resupply Services mission for NASA, will listen for emergency messages in the 439 megahertz range and retransmit them for amateur radio operators to copy on the 437.300 megahertz downlink using the Winlink protocol once the CubeSat has been placed into orbit. The primary objective of the project is to establish communication with the commercial Global Star satellites in order to improve data transmission to Earth. Arch, or sorry, Aztec Sat 1 will create a saturation map of 435 to 438 megahertz by listening for the whole orbit and returning captured data to the ground station on the 437.3 megahertz amateur radio downlink, uh, 9K6 GMSK or FSK, plus a 1600 megahertz Global Star link. Emergency messages received via Global Star to the Aztec Sat 1 ground station will be shared on the project's website and a certificate will be available for amateur stations receiving the emergency messages and reporting these for confirmation by the Aztec Sat-1 team. The project is part of NASA's CubeSat Launch Initiative, which offers universities, high schools, and nonprofit organizations the opportunity to fly small satellites. And a link to the ARRL article will be in the show notes as well as a link to the Aztec Sat site and the IARU information referenced in the article. So if you want to go listen for those on the 437.3, you should go do that. You can get a certificate. You can, you can put stuff on your wall. Yeah. Yeah. And unlike the commercial, that is how that works. So moving on, we're going to talk about some open source stuff. And we have a flash topic to, to kick it off. Which Cheryl can probably read. Uh, probably. Probably. So, yeah. Now that you're done helping Matt get yeah, in. Yeah. Okay. Now, now I know where I'm at. So okay. I'm good. good deal. So, okay. So our first topic is how to design a low-cost probe oscilloscope. The ProbeScope's team vision of its USB oscilloscope with 600 megahertz bandwidth and 200, excuse me, 250 uh, MSPS uh, the cool twist is that by adding another probe to a free USB port on your computer, you're essentially adding a channel. 
By the time you get to four, you're at the same price as a normal oscilloscope, but with arguably more flexible setup. The project is also open source. When compared to popular oscilloscopes such as Rigel, it has pretty comparable performance considering how many components each channel on a discount scope usually share due to clever switching circuitry. The probe is based around an analog device's ADC, whose data is handled by a tag team of Lattice FPGA and a 32-bit PIC microcontroller. Code is available on GitHub, and a supplemental write-up contains a thorough explanation of the circuitry. And this information came from Hackaday, and there's some additional information on GitHub, and those links will be in the show notes. Yep, Hackaday is where the article came from, so if you want to read the brief intro there, and GitHub has, of course, the relevant documentation and the code if you really want to get in there and build yourself a low-cost oscilloscope, which, uh, you know, folks in the hobby tend to do from time to time. So next, these are these are two that Bill put in the notes, so if they're impossible to read, then it's Bill's fault. Um, like most of the problems we have on the show are yeah, Bill's fault. Yeah, and since, Bill's and since fault. he's not here, we can just crap on him all we want. So, sure. Yeah. <laughs> so this is a K snip 1.6 alpha apparently has been released. It's a cute based cross platform screenshot tool that provides many annotation features for your screenshots. If you use the snipping tool in Windows, then you'll have no learning curve in using K snip. KSNP offers a wide range of features, including the ability to annotate with pen, marker, rectangles, ellipses, and text. You can also blur areas to remove sensitive information. And it has a new tool, numbered dots for steps on an interface. If you're looking for a powerful screenshot tool like snipping tool in Windows, look no further. Builds of KSNP are available for Debian, RPM, i.e. Red Hat-based systems, App Image, Mac OS, and Windows. So it's cross-platform, as stated in the beginning, and presumably open source. I don't know if it's open source. It doesn't say here if it's open source. It's posted on GitHub, though, which would suggest sources available. But since Bill did this, I have no idea. We really need to fire him. <laughs> yeah, I know. He's spending all his time doing plays now. Yeah. I think he's becoming gay. Where in the world did that come from? So, Wasn't that the old stereotype that uh, people who do live performance? Yeah, probably. I don't know. I don't, whatever. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's not the case. Um, <laughs> anyway, we also have another flash topic here. Uh, QEMU version 4.2 has been released. On December 13th, the team at QEMU announced the availability of the QEMU 4.2 release. This release contains 2,200 commits from 198 authors. Maybe they should release more often. Highlights of the new release, including a new NextCube machine for emulating a classic NextCube on the 68K type systems, new Q800 machine for emulating Macintosh Quadro 800s. Wow, okay. Uh, ARM-based architectures, new AST2600 EVB machine for emulating A-Speed AST2600 SOC. Uh, also in the ARM category, VERT machine now supports memory hot plugging. And in the x86 world, macOS hypervisor dot framework support, uh, Excel HVF now considered stable along with a lot more. So if you're into the QEMU virtualization platform, new stuff for you to play with, including Mac 68K support. Interesting. Uh, good luck finding software for that. <laughs> anyway, so now let's move on to Linux in the ham shack. 
And uh, this first one, do you want to do the first one? Uh, no. no. <laughs> Great. Why not? Because I don't want to. Are you going to do the second one? Sure. <laughs> okay, fine. So I'll go ahead and do the first one. The first one is calling radio amateurs help find OpsSat. The European Space Agency, ESA, is challenging anyone with amateur radio equipment to catch the first signals from OpsSat. That's Oscar Papa Sierra-Sierra Alpha Tango, ESA's brand new space software laboratory. On December 17th, OpsSat will be launched into low Earth orbit on a Soyuz rocket from Kourou, French Guiana, together with ESA's Cheops Exoplanet Tracker. Once launched, the satellite will deploy its solar panels and ultra-high frequency antenna and then start to send signals back home. The OPSAT flight control team has developed open-source software, which allows anyone to receive the UHF beacon of OPSAT and decode it. A set of GNU radio applications have been developed and are available. You can use a wide range of SDRs supported by GNU radio to receive the UHF signal. The application toolkit consists of a receiver and demodulator flow graph, as well as a GUI telemetry desktop decoding data packets coming from space in real time. The first three radio amateurs to receive at least five correctly decoded frames and submit them to ESA get an exclusive invite to the OPSAT Experimenter Day in March 2020, as well as a tour of the control facilities and ground stations at ESA in Darmstadt. And of course, a certificate. More stuff you can hang on your wall. I'm pretty sure they're probably not going to pay for your trip. Um, but at least you get to go if you're one of the first three. And as of this recording, December 17th should be as you're hearing this. So you might want to get on it. Oh yeah, there you go. And that came from Space Daily. Okay, and we have another billism here. So just do your best. All right. All right. (laughs) Okay. Okay. So our next one is Fedora Core 31, the ultimate ham shack build. After trying to bring the old Dell Precision M4600 from the old video segments on YouTube into a current state with Ubuntu Mate or Mate 19.10 and realizing how bad the PPA support is from some, quote unquote, of the projects, I decided to go with my second Fedora machine. Installation went without issues, added the, uh, added the RPM Fusion repos, both free and non-free, and quickly installed CQR log, which added uh, Maria DB and TQSL, yay. FL Rig, FL Digi, WSJTX, and Grid Tracker. Moved my certs and logs onto the machine and I was off to the races. The versions were current on all software, so I didn't have to chase down direct downloads from the websites. Only noticeable version issue was with JS8 Call, was at version 1.0, which I don't use and decided to not install at all. I recorded some video while doing the build and got quickly distracted by being able to get on the air rapidly. I'm investigating doing a custom build live ISO for this, so stay tuned. The LHS readiness score was a 4.9. And there will be more information in the show notes. Uh-oh, I think we've lost Bill. He's now uh, he's turning into a fedora head. That might be a good thing, because that hopefully means that he'll start putting out an LHS-based release of fedora as well as the current ubuntu ones that we now do assuming he can find a tool that will let him do it with minimal effort or zero effort what are you smirking at Hmm? i said what are you smirking at just the whole bill thing yeah 
Ooh, Don's in full Christmas cookie mode. I want Christmas cookies. Don, do you do peanut blossoms? Thank you, son. <laughs> I, I just want to know if he's my friend. <laughs> I don't see any on his tray. Oh, that's true. I don't see any peanut blossoms on that tray. Yep. Sorry, you can't be his friend. Uh, I'm so disappointed. But while I'm sitting here being disappointed in the fact that I'm never going to receive cookies from, from Dan or Don, Don. Um, you can go ahead and we can wrap this one up with Woo-hoo. the social media roundup. And yes. then after we wrap this one up, we're going to invite a bunch of people on so we can have a wonderful round table to end at 2019. And it should be a lot of fun. Yeah. But in the meantime, tell us who is following and supporting our program. All right. Well, our list is going to start out with our Patreons, which includes Andy Webster, Cubicle Nate, Darren King, David Jakeway, Don McGover, Douglas, Douglas Redder, Erno Castales, Herb Garcia, John Spriggs, Peter Caffrey, Paul Griffith, Randolph Smith, Robert Pitts, Samuel Vimes, Steve Metcalf, Steve Sainer, Stephen Harp, and William Heckelman. For our subscriptions, we have Randolph Smith, Robert Halliday, James Lewis, Fred Cole, Michael Burdak, Alan Wilson, Ronald Ike, Michael Connolly, Steve Biella, Jim McKenzie, Charlie Brown, Dylan Angle, Johnny Kenzie, Robert Yerke, Bill Piotr, Darren King, Thor Wiegman, Todd Bowers, Kevin Ivey, John Clark, Bill Collins, Jeff Zimmerman, Tony Coberly, Roger Pereira, Jeffrey Boris, Michael Carey, Steve Hepler, and Michael Jopling. On Facebook, we had John Adams, Ryan Tullinger, Trulinger, excuse me, Simon Strange, Stephen Loomis, Sal Marciniak, David Haworth, and Richard Linder join us. On Twitter, we had at Jeff Grenoble, at KG5ZZB, at JE6WHX, and at DC540BAAB. On YouTube, we had JD East and Nick Iozo. Nobody on the mailing list and nobody for merchandise sales this week. All right. That means we got through an episode without Bill. Yay. Yay. <laughs> well, Bill, I hope you're auditioning. Or not you're auditioning because he's already in the he's play. He's already in but, the play, yeah. yeah. But your, your practice for your play is going well, and you'll have to let us know how it goes. Um, for information about <laughs> Bill's play and probably the K2BSA, because we can't get an episode in without at least some mention of that. Hey, you, you were the one who just brought it up. Well, that's true. <laughs> My bad. Anyway, um, we are going to say thank you to everyone who listened to this episode of Linux in the Ham Shack. We appreciate each and every one of you. And especially those folks who are willing to support us week in and week out and keep this content coming to you. And uh, we hope that you'll tune in to the next episode, episode number 318, which will be our roundtable and year-end wrap-up and should be a lot of fun. And uh, perhaps you'll even join us for that. So with that, we will say good night or good day or whatever it is at the time that you're listening to this. And hope you catch us for the next episode and if uh if not then i guess we will catch you in the new year so until then this is russ k5tux i'm cheryl w5moo and bill is not here but he would say and i'm bill any four <laughs> rd <laughs> seven three <laughs> <laughs>
Thank you for listening to this episode of Linux in the Hampshire. LHS is a community-sponsored podcast. The live show is recorded every Monday night at 8pm Central Time, plus or minus QRL. Connect to the live stream at url.bcts.info stroke LHS live. Our website is located at lhspodcast.info. You can support the podcast by visiting the LHS Patreon page at patreon.com stroke LHS podcast or by using the contribute link on the homepage. Get in touch via social media. We have a presence on Discord, Facebook, IRC, Twitter and YouTube. Our IRC channel is hash LHS podcast on the Freenode network and the Discord invite link is url.bcts.info stroke discord. You can also drop us an email at info at lhspodcast.info or leave us a voicemail at 1-909-LHS-SHOW. That's 1-909-547-7469. Visit the online LHS merchandise store at shop.lhspodcast.info for fun and fashionable show-themed merchandise. Become an ambassador and represent LHS at a local Linux convention or hamfest. Email ambassadors at lhspodcast.info for more information or visit the homepage for details. Until next time, remember to always heed your hedonism. Shack and the Linux in the Hamshack logo are released under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivatives 4.0 International License.